Off top. I met Shannon Sharp today. It was awkward. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. What's up, Charlie? What, first of all, what the hell are you doing? You sitting in my chair, right. I'm out of town. You, you got your, your funky butt cheeks all in my wonderful chair. Uh, I don't like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I, um, it is what it is. Well, the studio is lit for this seat, so I didn't want to make more work for other people, but I think you're deflecting right now because I want to know why <laughs> it was awkward when you met Shannon Sharp. As you know, I've told you many times, we had we had full on DAP conversations mm-hmm. on this show. The DAP the DAP is an important exchange, I think, between any adult men. When you meet, the proper DAP expresses a lot. And I was he was in his chair in the uh, first take studio, and I just said, "What's up?" And we were going for different DAPs. I don't know what DAP he was going. I for. I know what DAP he was, was going for. Do you? I was going for the quick DAP. So like just the. Uh, not the clasp to the fingers. I was just going straight clap to fingers because we all got things to do. This and mm-hmm. he's sitting down. You don't go hug. There are two explanations for this. One, he's he's used to a dap with Skip Bayless, a very slow, deliberate dap. <laughs> oh. And so baby. you went for a normal person dap, and Skip has just an elaborate "I want to be cool" dap. But the the, the counterpoint to this, which might make it worse, is. You're worse at dapping up Shannon Sharp than 70-year-old Skip Bayless. No, 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 no. I I mean, he might have just went for an alpha move because he did crumble my hand up. All right, so now that we know that you're a beta, should we pivot and talk about an alpha, an alpha whose foot is currently um, concealed in a cancel culture casket boot, Aaron Rodgers? We're we're recording this on Tuesday. We now know that he has a torn Achilles. You watch this game with Mike Greenberg. Where do you want to start with this? Yes. Yeah, I think maybe we start with that because I've talked about um, this so many times. So anybody who already wants to know how I feel about it, they probably heard it on Get Up or they heard it on uh, the Mina Kimes show. So we can revisit some of those things. But the one thing that I didn't share much of was my experience at Mike Greenberg's house. Yeah. I was saving that for you, Yeah, Charlie. put, put me next you to you like on that. the couch because we've seen the picture of you right. with like a gigantic <laughs> smile in the back as there's like a desolate Mike Greenberg and Damian Woody. <laughs> In my defense, we didn't know how bad the injury was, and it was a nervous smile. It was just shocking because it was unbelievable. Like, right, no one thought, we thought there were many possible outcomes for the night. No one thought that on play four with one incomplete pass that we were going to lose Aaron Rodgers for the season. So I was just in shock, and I thought maybe he was just a little nicked up. Oh, ankle sprain he'll be back and Mike is despondent so I got a little chuckling and I feel bad about it a little bit so I get there two hours about two hours early before the game it's about 6 30 so we have a great time the food's there we're laughing Damien's there Graziano's there Greeny's daughter and a couple of her friends are there so it's about eight to ten people there we're having a good time we're laughing in the basement of this building uh Eating pizza and nachos, it's all good. Pizza rules. It builds up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, nice callback. It builds to that moment where Aaron Rodgers is running through the tunnel. Or before that, 
Greeny's taking pictures of everything. Stacy's recording everything. Uh, Damian Woody is giving get hype speeches. Like they are really bought bought in, and this is fun. Greeny gives me a, a Jets pullover, and I said, "Yeah, I'm a Jets fan tonight." I was going to ask on, about that if you had to wear the Jets pullover to be in the <laughs> to be in there. He offered it. Oh, I can tell you. So he has. I don't know if you know this, but he has a championship belt, like a wrestling belt, that uh, oh. his former agent. It now like runs WWE. So he sent him a belt, a Jets belt. And Greeny wanted to play a game with the belt. He's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to wear the belt at the start of the game. <laughs> and if anything happens, like the momentum shifts, anything bad happens, we pass the belt. <laughs> and you wear the belt until something bad for the Jets happens. And then we pass the belt and we just keep passing the belt because you go, know, you got to change the mojo. Like he has a, a sports superstition. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down with this. This will be a fun game. So then we go down, we do all the food. We're talking, we're having a good time. Uh, we build up and Aaron Rodgers runs out of the tunnel, swinging the American flag. And I am a bit cynical, jaded guy, but even me, like I feel the emotion of the stadium. It's 9-11, they shut off the lights. Everyone's going nuts. Aaron Rodgers with the American, American flag, despite the fact that apparently at one point he was a 9-11 truther. But all that aside, he's out there doing all that. And like, I feel it. I'm like, yeah, this is a moment. This is cool. Everyone's excited. Greeny's like, this might be the greatest moment in television history. And everybody's feeling good. We're laughing at him a little <laughs> bit, but we also are kind of agreeing. Yeah, we're also kind of agreeing. Like, yeah, that is pretty damn cool. It's kind of a fun little situation. And then... And Rogers trots out on the field, greedy as hype. He stands up with his belt on. He throws a little bit. I was like, he's holding on the ball for a little long. Greedy's like, yeah, he's getting settled in. He's getting settled in. He does a couple more or another pass, and then he goes down. Greedy looks despondent, and he whips off the belt, and he doesn't even pass it to anybody. He's done. The belt is dead. He throws the belt to the back of the room. He's frustrated. And you know how when you are like, you're emotional. Either you're emotionally happy or sad or angry, but you're also aware mm -hmm. that people are watching you and aware that there are cameras around. That was what I was experiencing with Greeny. It's like, he's fighting back whatever. And I think I would have expected Greeny to be a crier in that situation, but he seems like an angry guy. So, and I'm kind of weird so that makes it funnier yeah he's like getting angry but he can't show his anger and i'm cracking up which i'm sure is just making him more mad because everything is over everything he was looking forward to <laughs> is now over it's over four minutes into the the game so yeah that was the experience and then from then on dan graziano and i so woody was spending a the night there um bubba one of his producers is spending a the night there so they're they're stuck at this funeral and so Dan Graziano and I have a hotel rooms, so we just start communicating with our eyes from across the room, like, so when can we leave? I, I read what he was saying, and I responded back with him, like, halftime. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, bro. So we made it through halftime, and I think Greeny probably wanted us to leave, too, because at a certain point, it's like a screening room, and then there's a conference room, and then there's like a common area and there's a pool table. It's like a big mm -hmm. uh, like yeah. community space. And Greeny's watching the game with us at first. But after a little while of emotions, and then he's getting FaceTimes from McAfee and Ryan Clark and texts from his son who was in Prague, who's despondent also about the situation. And so eventually he gets up and leaves. And he's gone for a couple of minutes. And I peek out, and he's standing in the hallway, 
just holding his phone. I don't. He's not pressing any buttons. Just holding his phone. He keeps asking us That's to he, diagnose what he happened. He knew what happened at that point, and he was saying he didn't. He got a text from Schefter texting being like, Greeny, it's bad. And it went from happy nachos <laughs> no, to sad I mean, nachos. Just tears, salty nachos with tears all on them. So he was, um, he was asking us to diagnose it, and we're like, we played, but we aren't doctors, and D. Wood had an Achilles tear. So then, of course, Greeny believes that makes D. Wood an Achilles expert. And so that's what he's, so is it torn? He's like, I don't know. Should have invited over Myron <laughs> Roll. Not. <laughs> oh, doctor. Dr. Myron Roll. Safety. Um, yeah, Dr. Myron Roll. Has, it, so that was the night. It was pretty fun and pretty sad and pretty, uh, but yeah, I, I, I left there feeling like the whole world was in that mood, but that wasn't how everyone else oh, was no, experiencing the, it. The jokes online were great. Oh God. Apparently the, I mean, we can run through what some of them <laughs> or not, but I mean, one of the best was Patrick Mahomes tweeting out, hate that man. And then, then editing the tweet and adding the comma after hate that, hate that man. <laughs> um, so I do. I did see that. That was a good one. Let's pivot to the analysis. Dominique, I know there's the classic quote about when your quarterback gets injured, you don't practice it because you don't practice. But mm-hmm. the Jets beat the Bills. They demolished Josh Allen. Their defense, this is your account looks like a championship defense, like actually looks like a championship defense. So they're in a weird predicament because Salah said they could keep Zach Wilson as their starter for the rest of the season, or they could really go more all in. You can try and lure Tom Brady out of retirement. You can trade more picks for Stafford or Cousins or Jameis or Tannehill or Jimmy G, Gardner Minshew or Mike White. Based on what you saw from the rest of the team, is it worth it to go more all in and get a bridge quarterback at this point? You're, you're asking me a question that I think you already know what the answer is. Um, Jacoby Brissett is on that list, too. Mm-hmm. I think you, you're all in right now. I think after watching that game, it only made it sadder how good they were everywhere else but at the quarterback position, how they managed to get a win, and how they turned over um, Josh Allen so many times. It made it sadder because we were like, oh, what would this team have looked like with competent quarterback play yeah and maybe Zach Wilson can rise to the occasion but no, yeah can't. they've already gone all in it, it feels to me like they've yeah I know you don't want to send good money after bad but what else are they going to save these draft pick for draft picks for I think the most interesting thing would be Matt Stafford but yeah. then uh, I don't know that they can fit him under the cap and also keep Aaron Rodgers so the cap ramifications around doing any moves will be hard. I think Jacoby Brissett from your beloved Washington Commanders is the best in the best realistic option. Uh, I'm going to say that Tom Brady's not a realistic option because not only is he in the circle of honor for the conference rivals, but he's a part owner of another NFL team. So and he lost 25 that pounds. Seems, yeah, and, yeah, and he looks slim. That seems unlikely. But he never got hit anyway. He, yeah. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, he threw that thing away as soon as there was any sign of trouble. Um, that's, that's out of the question. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I mean, Jameis Winston, he doesn't seem like the type of quarterback that they want in here. They need somebody who is not going to make mistakes, and Jameis Winston is going to make mistakes. Well, that's what I was going to ask. That's why I like Jacoby Brissett. That's what I was going to ask. Do you want a high upside quarterback? Because when you get Rodgers, you're getting someone who theoretically can raise your ceiling to try and win the Super Bowl. Do they need a high upside quarterback to make this team like unbelievably good? Well, to make the team unbelievably good, yes. But you know what, what's not available? 
high upside quarterbacks that don't also come with high downside. Yeah. So, like, Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston. It's not a coaching problem. It's not a situation. It's not about surrounding him with talent. Jameis Winston has proven to us that he can make some of the most incredible throws that you've ever seen, and he's also going to throw it to the other team. That's not what this team needs with this defense. I don't know that that works. What works with a defense like this is someone who's not going to make mistakes, going to get you into field goal range and not turn the ball over and uh, get you 21 points tops what about a week, and they're going to hold you to 17. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I like Kirk Cousins as an option. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings are not. That's a, good, that's a good one. That name hasn't come up. The Vikings. He's on a one-year deal. Are not the Vikings aren't that good. Yeah. I think um, they're... Their GM, I remember when he first, their new GM, when he first signed there, he, he kind of threw Kirk Cousins under the bus and said he was looking for a quarterback. So I'm sure they'd be interested in having that conversation. I don't know how angry Justin Jefferson will be because he seemed pretty pissed at the current state of their quarterback play. So if it's going to get worse, then they better have a chat with him first. But that's an interesting one. That's the first time I've heard that brought up. So... I like that. You're smart. You should be you. a general manager. Well, it's because well, it's interesting because like Kirk Cousins in certain ways, and I, I'm not saying this to diminish him. I like his ceiling is like the highest, highest end game manager. And I know that's like a that's become yeah. a negative term, but it, it shouldn't be because they're like think about prime Russell Wilson. That's the ultimate high end game manager when he was awesome. Yeah. And like you can win Super Bowls with the right team with that type of guy. But the AFC, despite the fact that the Chiefs are throwing to guys like me and you, that you still have to go through. Tua, Herbert, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Lawrence. Can you, if you're the Jets, like, is the point of going more all in to go more all in if you know you have to get through those guys and you might have a, at best, a high end game manager? Shouldn't it? I mean, part of me thinks it should be like Stafford or Bus. Like, you got this first round pick back. Yeah. It's crazy to say giving up a first round pick for that, for, for Stafford when he, you know, considered retiring last year. But part of me thinks you have to go hire a game manager if you actually think you can win the AFC. Um, well, I guess first got to see if Stafford is interested. I think Graziano said that they called before they ended with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Jets called about Stafford um, this summer. And the Rams, he, he actually didn't say the Rams weren't interested. He said Stafford didn't want to move. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't, they didn't um, execute the deal. Maybe things change. 
I don't know why they would change now, but maybe things change. It's really hard to come off of a win and trade a quarterback who played really well like that. But you know how I feel about Caleb Williams, so I would love for them to be better positioned to get Caleb Williams rather than going to Arizona, end up in L.A. with Sean McVay. Honestly, so that's the, another conversation. the Jets would have been a great landing spot for Caleb Williams, too, but their defense is going to be too good. Like, Sauce Gardner played yeah. like absolute dog water, and that defense still dominated Josh Allen in the first game. That's a stretch. There was no dog water anywhere near Sauce. How dare he had you? The worst, he had the worst statistical game of his college or professional career, which I should say is still probably high level. Yeah, and you can't, there, there are no stats for cornerback. There are no good stats for cornerback mm. play. So, I mean, I, I think I, I agree with you to that point, but the thing is, they need to improve their chances. So it depends on what options are out there. If, um, if you can get Matthew Stafford, then you do it, obviously. I, I mean, you go to the highest, and whatever it costs you to pay, you go to that level. If anybody had taught you that, it's the Rams. F those picks. You got to do what you got to do when your window is open. So, yeah, that's that. However, Kirk Cousins is a reasonable backup. And if you have to send uh, a first rounder out there to get Kirk Cousins, I know that sounds crazy, but maybe you do that also because they are not going to have a roster that is ready to win like this. Once they have, they've already paid Quentin. They're going to have to pay um, Garrett pretty soon. Uh, I guess in two years, they have to pay Garrett. Mm -hmm. Uh, and sooner the at better, the same though. time, they're going to have to pay. Yeah. And soon times they're going to have to pay um, sauce. Like they're going to have to pay people up and they're in their window now. So I do think uh, you often think that, or people always make the point that uh, rookie deal quarterback is when you win. And I've always made the point that no, it's kind of like you got to get a great player on a rookie contract and then you can win. And I point to, uh, to Von Miller oftentimes is an example of mm. when you have someone who's a future Hall of Famer and quarterbacks are more impactful. So yes, it's easier to get an O, you don't have to have a future Hall of Famer at quarterback, but if you get an okay quarterback or a good quarterback on a rookie deal, then you can build out around them. But if you get Hall of Fame level talent on a rookie deal on cornerback and receiver, you can build a championship contender around that for the duration of the time that you have them. Right. So they used all that free money to go after Aaron Rodgers, and that blew up in their faces. So now the next move is to find whoever else is up. So I want to talk about the Bills a little bit, but I actually do want to talk about one. So given a part of a couple of viral ESPN moments, and I need to, I need to ask you. So what's going through your mind? Because there's only been the screenshot when RG3 said he could play for the Jets. <laughs> Because <laughs> no. someone froze your face and the utter disgust, <laughs> utter disgust. Oh, yes. Fox, you know what so I'm saying. Me, I would love. Did you watch the video? Or you just saw the screenshot. Both. Both. The video, it doesn't look like that. He froze it at a moment when it was like when it was advantageous. I mean, that wasn't what was going through my head, honestly. I mean, and even like like I said with Ashley last week, even if it was, I wouldn't admit to it right now. But that wasn't what I was thinking. It's like he is someone who is close enough to this. If you're going to, I guess this is the point. If you're going to throw Matt Ryan's name in it. Oh, I mean, we have a, you, yes. Well, there's a producer so on this show who thinks he could beat you in basketball. RG3 is obviously closer to, is obviously closer to an NFL quarterback than uh, some of the ridiculous it. claims. Um, do you want to pivot to the Bills? So I guess that's my point. It's like, I, I don't remember feeling like, um, when he said that, I don't remember feeling like this is absurd. 
Yeah. I guess it's weird. I guess Matt Ryan wasn't the one saying it about himself, so it's a little weird to have him saying it about his, by himself. But I watched the clip, and I didn't. I just thought that the guy froze it at the right time to make it look like I was like rolling my eyes, but I wasn't. It's was very funny. Um, well, that's what we're here for. Last RG three is tough too. He's been through a lot worse internet and life things than yeah. me looking like I'm annoyed. I mean, with he put- him inserting himself in the conversation. Yeah, he played for the Washington professional football team under Daniel Snyder. Even oh, and, and in his defense, what he did was he built to the climax of saying that him and nobody else is as good for that team right now as Zach Wilson. So, like, he wasn't advocating. He was like, I don't care who you call. Call this person, call that person, call that person. You can call me. But the right person for this job is Zach Wilson. Honestly, maybe now he's... That's under, how you do your teammates. Maybe now he's under, underselling himself. Um, can we ask about the, oh. the Bill side of it? Um, because... No. We know we should, though, because Josh Allen now has, like... It's sad. Uh, uh, what, what should I say this? Like, 20 interceptions and 17 fumbles in the last 19 games he's played? Yeah. That's... He has the most, uh, most turnovers of any quarterback since last season. Yeah, his last 10 games in particular... Um, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He's basically been Mac Jones statistically, almost exactly statistically over that stretch. Um, I mean, I, I, I wanted, I should probably just start with this, but like, what do you do with that team? Cause at the end of the run, does it just feel like this bill's run is like over? Is that, is that alarmist to say? No, it, it felt like this bill's run was nearing its end before we saw the way that he played today. So they'll bounce back. He'll be better. They are, talented enough and he's talented enough that they could make a run, but they're not at the strongest that they've been. We saw the Patriots, or excuse me, we saw the Chiefs win the Super Bowl last year when they were not at their strongest, so it's possible. But their quarterback was playing pretty good, so they're going to need him to lift up uh, the rest of the team in a way that he hasn't been doing recently. Did you see his, um, him with the media after the game? The most amazing thing, I don't know if we, if we can play the clip, but he just takes such a deep sigh. In his tiny chair, too. He's so, he's so far yeah. too big for the chair that they have him sitting at. It's sad, and he just goes, <sighs> and then he goes on to talk about a player as if he is not that player. He seems so frustrated, and that's the confusing part to me, is I could understand Sean McDermott feeling that way, which if you listen to his comments, he certainly was incredibly frustrated and confused. And he's pretty much said Josh Allen without saying, Josh Allen, this is all your fault. But Josh Allen was, I don't necessarily believe in like the alter ego thing. Like lots of athletes do this and like, hey, on Monday through Saturday or no, Saturday to, no, Monday to Saturday, I'm, Dominique, but on Sunday, I turn into Fox, and that's a wild man. Like, you know athletes do the alter ego thing? Yeah. I normally don't believe it. Josh Allen? He be having out-of-body experiences. I just don't understand the decision-making. It's not only throwing the ball, it's him running and, like, diving for the first down (laughs) marker into traffic when he's 10 yards away from the first down marker, and I, I... juxtaposed it to what I saw from Shador Sanders in college where he's like so measured Mm -hmm. in his decision making 
And it, it jumped out to me because college kids aren't like that. College kids are like, every play has got to be a touchdown. And it takes them some time to grow out of that. And sometimes it takes a few big hits in the NFL for them. Like, oh, I can't do that. Josh Allen can't quite do it. And it seems like he's not in complete control so much so that he's like, we got to stop this. Like, no, we don't got to stop it. You got to stop it. That was like the most disturbing part of Josh Allen's performance. This is like his interceptions were horrendous. And he's someone who I thought was yeah. like, like we talked about this last year when he was at his best at the end of 2022 or 2021 into last year, his ceiling was like right there with Mahomes, And it just seems like that's getting further and further away from being true anymore. Yeah. It's pretty sad. It's pretty, pretty disappointing. Um, I will say, do we write him off? Yeah, let's write him off. It's right. over. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> we can't write him off. Like he's too talented. He's still going to bounce back and give us some good stuff. Um, it does feel like maybe it's prisoner of the moment some, but it does feel like he's like at the bottom of the elite tier. Mm -hmm. Like if you remember before, after that 13 second comeback by Mahomes, we were talking about them like they were neck and neck. Mahomes was like a little bit ahead of Allen. And it don't feel that way anymore. It doesn't feel that way at all. And yeah, I don't know if it's Brian Dayball's presence or if it's just, yeah, is it that good? Like he's not as good as, as Patrick Mahomes, which has to be part of the equation, but he's still very good. Most teams would take him. I guess the question is who, where would you stop? If I go through the list of the best quarterbacks in football, where would you place? Oh, I love Allen? this. Let's if do I it. Say, hey, you got a game to win. Pick your quarterback. You're not going to make me do it. I'll make you. Oh, do great. It. So, all right. Mahomes, Mahomes, uh, uh, Burrow, um, Hurts. Keep going. Mm -hmm. uh, Herbert. Stop before Herbert. Okay, never mind. Move Herbert. Um, Lamar Jackson. Stop before Lamar Jackson. Oh, okay. Tua. Stop before Tua. One game. He's yeah. Stop. Oh, okay. Tua. So it seems like you got him. Am I missing somebody, or you got him fourth? Fifth. Because uh, hold up, Trevor Lawrence. Good question. It's right on the line. I take him over Lawrence. I take him over Lawrence. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I think fourth really? is about right. I'm a little surprised. Yeah, fourth is good. That's higher than I expected. Where would you put him? Because... Well, let's. Uh, where would you put him on that? Because I think, like, I mean, Hurts okay. obviously played. Hurts played the best game of his career, almost except for minus one fumble in the Super Bowl. And right. Burrow and Burrow and Mahomes seem to be raise their level every time there's a big game. But mm -hmm. it's hard to put him below oh. Lamar Jackson and Herbert in that situation because they aren't playoff proven either. Same with Lawrence. That's fair. You put him above Dak Prescott, I assume. Yeah, I mean, they were t high upside. Yeah, the upside is definitely higher. That's the thing about him is he got a, he got a really high upside. I don't know. I mean, if you say uh, all things the same, roster, coach, and everything is equal. I, I feel like my Josh Allen selection will be based on like my roster. It's like uh, he's a swing for the fences type of guy. But I I mean, I think I'd rather have. So you, are you putting him now? You're putting him now in the tier, but you're putting him now in the tier with Lamar, Herbert, Lawrence. Um, yeah, he's no yeah. longer in the yeah. tier with Burrow, Mahomes, Hurts. 
I'm not even just doing tier talk. Right. It's just easier to do it grouping wise. I don't know because it's so hard because we saw him go toe to toe in a shootout with Mahomes and play one of the greatest games we've ever seen. And so much has changed since then, but so much yeah. hasn't changed. Like the Bills still, like we talk about situational on this show. They still have the same situation that they fucked up over and over again of not being able to find him a second receiver that's even somewhat competent. Like Gabe Davis basically has two good games in his career and they both happen to be against the Chiefs, but they've never found a number two target. Um, yeah. And aside from aside from Burrow and Mahomes, those guys seem to be in a league of their own. I, I, we're saying this even after Burrow's 82-yard three-interception performance, but still, he's yeah. been so solid now for like 32 games. It's still hard to like knock him that much lower. That he's, I think he's between yeah. the tiers almost. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Possibly. I guess maybe also I'm being a prisoner of the moment, and I'm really stressed out by the fact that there seems to be no answer for his it's, inconsistent It's decision. concerning. It's con- and that's the thing. That's the thing, is like the, the running the ball, slamming your head into the line of scrimmage when the ball is fumbled. Like, no, dive on it. You're not about to run through all these D linemen after you've dropped the ball. Yeah. And you're not about to die. You're not going to hurdle everybody. Like, it was so cool when you were in your first and second year. Now you are established quarterback. Stop it. And that's my thing is, like, no one else does that. He has a problem that no one else has and a problem that he doesn't seem to understand that he can fix, despite the fact that every year we go into it and they say, we're going to run him less. He's going to make better decisions. He can't take those unnecessary hits. And he still does it. You know, he's got to be smarter with the ball. Don't turn it over. Is it his elbow? Is it this injury? No, it's who he is. And that stresses me out a little bit, even though his high is and his high is as high as Mahomes. Like, yeah. At his very best, he can put a Mahomes level game. The difference between him and Mahomes is he has some really bad games too and and Patrick don't do that. Yeah. I mean it's it's sort of crazy because we were giving him greatest greatest show on turf comparisons before his elbow injury in like week 6 last year and it's like he just genuinely mm-hmm. seems like a a different player. I also uh we should pat ourselves on the back because we did a a wow. podcast this summer where we talked about emerging storylines for the season and on that was people turning on Josh Allen. Oh, do we get to pat ourselves on the back if we are the ones who are turning? No, on? we're not. We're, we've been more measured about this. We're still having him like okay. as one of the highest upside quarterbacks. But yeah, we rule. D. D. Wood had a damn stroke today. He was so mad at Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, I get it, but uh, so do you think this? Get, do you think this gets better for the Bills? Yeah, I mean, it has to get better than this. The Jets are a tough team for them to play. Uh, they lost to him last year, didn't they? Oh, Josh Allen's last With, three uh, games against the Jets have been an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, so this is a tough matchup. He'll be better against other teams. Uh, the problem is that team is in their division, and he's going to have to play them again also. Yeah. Um, so they got they the, won one game against them, but they played poorly against them last year, right? Yeah. So they've got... I think they won one, and they yeah, lost one. They've got Raiders, Commanders, Dolphins, Jaguars, Giants, Patriots. Are we thinking three and three? Back on track. We're thinking they win three of those six? Four of those six? Okay, what are the wins? It's 
or the losses are Dolphins is a potential loss, but they could win that also. Dolphins, Jaguars, um, and Patriots will all be tough games. Yeah, those will be tough games. Yeah. They could win all of them. They could go 6 0 in those games. Yeah. I mean, they'll bounce back quickly. They got the Giants on there. That seems like an inviting proposition. And the Commanders and the Raiders. Man. You know, I, I'm sure you heard by now that uh, the safety whitehead who got all three of the Josh <laughs> Allen picks met uh, an incentive. Yeah. He had to get three picks to get a quarter million dollars. So Josh Allen's got to be his favorite player now, right? Does this remind you of, you almost had three interception game, right? Yeah, I did. I, it eats me up. I had two against the, against the Bears and the third one, we were blowing them out and I, they had put the backup quarterback in. Jay Cutler was a star. They put the backup in and the backup looked, I was in press coverage on our sideline. The backup looked over to the receiver and the, and the quarterback patted himself on the back like this. Yeah. And that to me signaled back shoulder. And for whatever reason, I decided not to cover it. And he just threw it right out of bounds. And that would have been the third one. And I was very pissed at myself and no one understood why I had, I had two interceptions and I was mad. And I was like, because two interceptions is, I don't know, it's great, but everybody's done it. Yeah. Three. Rare company. Three's a full season. I blew that. You might have uh, thanks, snuck in a, snuck in a Pro Bowl appearance. <laughs> yeah, thanks for ruining my day. I was feeling good about all this. I feel great about this. You I really do miss you. Like, your chair, being in this chair is, like, slightly different. Like, not, not the same. You can't handle the pressure of that chair. You get up now. Get out of here. Anyway, thank you, Charlie, for making this happen. Thank you, Paulville. Thank you, everybody here at... Um, Seaport in New York for setting all this stuff up for me and making it look as beautiful as it does. And thanks, Kevin, Serafina, Megan, uh, Brian, Ethan, and me. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.